means you're listening to <gasps> scaring is sharing yeah you are it's the podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror what's up what's up i am so delighted to be here today with one of my besties one of my faves in the entire world the original sasquatch slim himself jeremy rusk you are too kind, and you are the flaming scream queen, Brandy Joe Planbeck, also one of my favorites, my besties. Um, I had a dream about us last night. You did? I don't think I've ever had a dream about us. Yeah, we were at a uh, one of those like all night movie festival things, you know, oh. where they marathon like movies. Yeah, because uh, it was like real quick, but that's all it was. It was we were at this thing. We're like, oh man, how many more hours? And we were like falling asleep during it. That's what tried to stay awake because it was one of those like what do they call them? Dusk till dawn, uh, oh. like movie marathons. That's what I don't it was. know of those. I mean, it makes sense, but I don't think I've ever heard of that. They do um like a lot of little horror movie, uh, you know, groups and promotions and whatever will do that, especially around Halloween, where that was like more popular back in the day, of course. But I still see them pop up around Halloween, usually at, never at theaters near us where we can get to it. But the right. room where they're like, we're going to play like six horror movies back to back to back and stuff like that. So we really I know we've talked about it, but like I feel the way we can make a film festival happen is by like super planning out for it, like yes. far in the future. Like, I think that Overlook Film Festival seems like the best one ever. Yeah, that's like in March of the year yes like march april so i'm like maybe that's maybe we start thinking ahead yeah because i really i really want to do that i know i'm like either that or we make our own happen around us somehow <laughs> that's that's how i think it would happen so because this one that just happened i mean they played like evil dead rise which when did that come out for us uh end of no just at the beginning of this year right wasn't that just a few months ago like i would think real recently yeah i can't remember now. let's see i'm gonna i'm looking it up as we we speak here um but i think i mean i think that they get movies before yeah it came out on april 24th and it played there on like the very beginning of April. So you're definitely seeing movies early there. Premieres, probably. Like premieres yeah. and such. Yes. Yeah. And they, but they also showed like the Dead Zone, which I've never seen. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you get a little bit of everything. Yeah. Usually, I think these things usually do like some premieres or newer stuff and then some classics that are it's often classics that are either having anniversaries or, um, if there's like new, like a new restoration has been done of this, you know, like, like they showed matinee. They also showed late night with the devil, which I'm so excited about. Do you oh, know about this? No. So the description is desperate for ratings. A seventies era late night talk show host invites a skeptic, a doctor and a young girl supposedly possessed by the devil for <gasps> a very special Halloween episode. I have heard of this one. Sounds actually. So fucking good. Yeah. That sounds cool. I've heard it's really good. Yeah, they have lo The Lodger, a story of the London Fog, which is an Alfred Hitchcock movie from 1927. Yeah, his silent film. I've seen that. 
So they just have so and the tingler. Oh my god, how fun! Ooh. I wonder if they did. You know, because yeah, isn't the, that the one where they did like? Um, yeah, your seats would buzz. Yeah, <laughs> make and you the, think it was grabbing yeah, you. All sorts of stuff like that's yeah. I feel yeah. like that's the festival we got to go to. Yeah, that'd be cool. Let's make it happen. Also, they had give me an A, which I think I talked about before that I thought that there was a movie in response to like abortion mm. rights and laws, and that is the one. It's um okay. It's actually like it's 16 women filmmakers in this like anthology. And it's like Alyssa Milano, Virginia Madsen. Very exciting. So yeah, let's make that a 2024 goal. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. The Overlook Film Festival. Yes. And thank you for joining us. If you've never listened, our typical format is Jeremy and I assign a film to the other person they've not seen before. And then we watch them and we come back and we talk about them. Yeah, that's pretty so, much it. Yeah. That's what we do. And this first half, we just talk about whatever. This week, we have no terrorgrams, but we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, so write right to in. us, scaringasharing at gmail.com. Um, also, we never say this, and because it doesn't matter, like, it's whatever. Um, but if you want to rate us or review us, we'd love that. We haven't had a review in over a year on Go Apple. Oh, that's Apple. right. On Apple, yeah. Review us and maybe we'll uh, note that. Oh, we will note that. <laughs> Not a maybe. We will definitely we, we will talk about it. us. If you <laughs> will note it. No, but if you do, we will talk about it. Yeah, okay? write it. We'll read it. Yeah. So, Jeremy... D- the new season of Black Mirror just dropped, and I'm trying to remember. There, I feel there are some Black Mirrors you haven't seen that I love. Yes, I've, I've watched. I think I watched like the first season or so, and I've seen like some random episodes here or there that people have like had on or made me watch, but I've not sat sat down and watched the entire series. Okay, so let me walk through some of them to see if you've seen them. Did you see Playtest, which with which the Kurt Russell son? No. Okay. Um, you saw Bandersnatch. I feel like we've talked about that. Yes, I did watch Bandersnatch, and that was super cool. Nosedive with Bryce Dallas Howard. I don't think so. She's like a like obsessed with like social media and getting likes and things like that. No, I haven't. Oh, she's seen so that fucking one. good in it. I I know of that one. I don't think I've seen that. You've probably seen. I imagine USS Callister. I yeah the that like one. Star Trek yeah, one. Yeah, that, that one. Seems I watched, like yep. you had to have watched that. Uh, let's see. Um, some of the San Junipero, the one of the Emmys, the lesbian time traveling one. I haven't seen that one. Uh, what? And you haven't seen the B one, the one with the bees? Mm -mm. No, that's all I'll say. No. Um, and then yeah, because the last season that dropped one with like Miley Cyrus and Mm -hmm. and I don't I watched all of them, but I didn't love any of them. And this okay. new season, I've heard mixed things, but I'm excited to check it out for sure. I always watch it. Well, that's yeah. not true. There's, I still, I haven't seen like um, the Colored Museum or it's called something like that. I can't remember exactly. I feel like that it might be the title. And then I have not seen White Christmas. I started to watch it and I didn't like it, but everyone raves about it. So I got to yeah, go back and I, check it out. That one, um, I think I had watched that when it came out because everyone was raving about it. Yeah, I gotta check it out. But I think I'll watch it around Christmas time. I don't know if it is straight up a Christmas film or not. Yeah. But that's what I'm gonna do. Okay. Uh, yeah. One bit of fun horror news. 
I yeah. imagine because you just like pulled something up, so you probably know this. Even What's if that? you that Linda Hamilton is joining Stranger Things. <gasps> no, I didn't see that for the final season. Holy crap! Awesome. I know, so exciting. God, I love her. Yeah, and they're just getting more and more like everyone of note from that you know era of filmmaking, like eighties science fiction action world is who they're like drawing everybody from and horror so oh, fuck yeah so cool 80s genre film i should say like they're getting all the all these great actors in there yeah i'm excited no i just saw a thing that was uh apparently they've now they're actively Lionsgate is now actively developing a new take on leprechaun that's the news oh. I saw. Yeah, that, that had been dormant for a minute because I know they made Leprechaun. What did we watch it? Leprechaun Returns. Is that what it was called? That most recent one. Uh, yes. I think that was the name. I think it was Leprechaun Returns. Yeah, it that, was. And I know that that was not necessarily a rating smash for sci-fi channel. So like, I, I think it kind of like it's taken a while for them to decide if they're going to do anything else with the series. So, uh, but apparently they did. Cause the last thing I had heard was they were actively taking pitches from directors for, uh, you know, a new leprechaun movie. Uh, pitches and get I, stitches. Yeah. Pitches get stitches. <laughs> but I was a little disappointed when it was like Darren Bozeman had been talking to them for a minute or making a lot of noise. Uh, that he wanted to direct a leprechaun. And I was like, okay, let the guy that did all these Saw movies do it. I'm sure that would be interesting. Um, but no, they're not going with him. They're going with some other director who did a movie called Milk Teeth, which I've not heard of. So, oh, I yep. don't like that title. Yeah, I don't know what that is. But yep, they're in, they're in development. So there's another leprechaun coming. All right. Well, Godspeed. Yeah, Godspeed. I don't know what else you and and they're saying that it is confirmed that Warwick Davis is not coming back because that's what everyone keeps holding out for is that he'll do it one more much like uh, Robert England and Freddy Krueger. The people that are fans of the series want Warwick Davis to come back and play the leprechaun one more time, but it doesn't yeah. seem like he's interested in doing that anymore. Um, Joe is reading Salem's Lot right now, and I Ooh. can't remember if he has read it before mm-hmm. or not. But he said it is, I, I, I don't believe he used this word, but it's the word I'm going to use, a little troublesome how often oh. the derogatory F word oh, wow. for okay. homosexual is used. Like, he's like, is it? it's used so much. And then he's like, oh, my God, on this page, here it is again. <laughs> like, I get it in something like it where you start it off with, yeah, like, you know, a gay bashing that it's used there. But he's like, it is used so often. Oh, wow. And I'm like, well, it was the 80s. He's like, actually, it's the 70s, which feels like the 80s feels more like, okay, well, it's the 80s. Not like it was okay, but like that word was being used liberally in mm-hmm. teen everything. movies, especially. Yeah, ev- everything in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, all over. But like the 70s, I'm like, oh, my. Yeah. No, I've not read it in a very long time. I was just going to say, all I remember about it is it did scare me when I read it. Like, I remember it being one of the legitimately frightening Stephen Kings or having some truly frightening sequences in it but yeah i don't remember that so i know huh. and it's so weird because i've really heard nothing about that remake and it's supposed to come out in the fall yeah isn't it like good to go last i, I heard like i'm looking it up right now yeah because i mean i'm ready any day for that exorcist teaser even though you know i won't watch it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i'm still like i want it to drop just to know it's happening i know because it's like they keep saying it's 
that one too, right? Like it's coming out this fall, the new Exorcist movie, and we've not seen anything for it. Yet, but the fact really. that they played footage somewhere makes mm. me think that it's still coming. No ish. Oh man, Fangoria has an article from April of this year called "The Case of the Missing Salem's Lot" movie. Oh shit! Because uh, they're saying that. That was at the end of April. It says, yeah, the Warner Brothers showed off its 2023 slate at Cinecon, CinemaCon then, and Salem's Lot was not part of that. Huh. Because it says it was originally scheduled to hit theaters September of 2022, got rescheduled to April of 2023, and now we're in June of 2023, and we know that it hasn't come out yet. So, um... Shoot. Yeah, there's talk where people don't know what happened to it it just seems to have disappeared and there's no news as to when it's coming out huh well how interesting well i i mean the original is not like a great movie but there's some classic scenes some classic moments so but i think it could benefit from a remake. although i've never watched the rob Lowe one is it any good i can't remember i feel like we have talked about it yeah we uh... Because I remember the 70s, the Toby Hooper one. I love it. Like, I think that's a great movie. I mean, the Um, monster is so Nosferatu. Well, I guess technically it was a miniseries, wasn't it? Because it played. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they like released it in theaters. Yeah. Which is so weird. What an odd thing to happen. Yeah. It played on television in two halves. And then I think they released it in theaters, like put together as like, it's almost like a four hour movie, I think, like the full thing together. It's like over three hours. So, Um, but yeah, that one's great. And I do vaguely remember because I think they did it as a miniseries again, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Isn't that technically what the uh, with Rob Lowe and uh, yeah, was, wasn't it Donald Sutherland? I think was the vampire uh, in there. Sure, that sounds right. Yeah, that that was okay. Like it was again, they did that thing where it was a Sci-Fi Channel, of course. Again, like they were really locked into this thing where we're like, we're working with Stephen King to make. On paper, they're truer to the book. Like, they're more literally, like, what happens in the books. But I think being a TV movie, it just doesn't have, like, the... The bite. The the juice. Yeah, the bite to, like, really sell it. Where you're like, man, I wish this thing had millions of dollars behind it. Not, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, production budget and special effects budget. So, yeah. I hope it comes out. I hope it's good. And I, mean, I, I think, think, yeah, I think the choice of Toby Hooper, because that was the thing. That's what I remember about the the later miniseries was that they made the vampire truer to how he is in the book, which is like, you know, a character that can speak and is like more human. OK, and monster, which I guess worked for the book. I just think Toby Hooper made a good choice by making him a full on monster in his movie. I think that's more scary and, you know, just memorable. Mm-hmm. And wait, did you ever see the sequel, Return to Salem's Lot? I haven't, but I heard it's totally bonkers. Really? Bonk? Yes, totally. Because it's uh, it's Larry uh, Cohen. Uh, is that his name? Yeah, Larry Cohen uh, directed it, wrote and huh. directed it. He did the stuff, mm-hmm. and and it's alive. Uh, and he's the writer of the Maniac Cop movies. Like he's the guy that did Return oh, wow. to Salem's Lot. Got to be yeah. worth checking out at least. Then. So yeah, that, that's what everybody. That's what I've heard. Like most people are like, it's not like a great movie, but it's got a lot of weird social commentary <laughs> that he like crammed into it, and it's only like barely related to the original story. So 
So branching off on C- Stephen King sequels, I can't remember. Have you seen The Rage, Carrie 2? That one, I don't think so. I remember it. Like, when, it, when did it come out? In the 90s? Yes. Yeah, I remember the trailers, and I remember it being, like, in the, the ether, everybody talking about it. But I probably have. It's probably one of those movies that I watched, you know, on day, like, cable during the day. Like, <laughs> growing up on some weekend, but don't really remember it. Okay. Yeah, it's... I, I saw it in the theater, for sure. Okay. And then it's interesting because, oh my god, I hate that I say that word so much. I gotta come up with a better word. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeremy, when I listen back, which I know, I'm that dork who does listen back to our episodes. But, like, I say the word interesting so much. Like, do I not have a vocabulary? I mean, we know I don't have a great vocabulary because I'm always like, what's that word? Isn't there a word for that? What is it? <laughs> I'm that guy, but there's got to be one of the, I mean, there doesn't have to be that guy, but oftentimes there is that guy. And I'm that guy. Okay. Interesting. I have Very to, interesting. I have to have something other than that goddamn word. Should I get you a thesaurus? Yes, please. So you're, you're, <laughs> you're going to be like, it's instead of interesting, I'm going to say it's very, uh, I don't even know. Uh, yeah. Fascinating. It's so fascinating. It's so <laughs> absorbing. It's so engaging. Oh my God. I am gripped by it. I am compelled by the power of Christ. I'm entranced. <laughs> And spellbound by I it. am spellbound. <laughs> so I'm going to do my best to not use that mm-hmm. goddamn word. But I often see Emily Burgle, who played the sort of Carrie character, Rachel. Yeah. I see her all the time. She's on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and she's so good. She's a really great actress, and I do from time to time just see her on things. And I'm so glad she's still working, because... She's so fascinating. Oh, yeah. She's around. <laughs> she's in so much stuff. Look at this. Yeah, I'm Look just, at- she's thought provoking and unput downable, you know? Unput downable. <laughs> That's going to be my new one. Oh, my God. I find this so unput downable. <laughs> <laughs> I am so stimulated by her performances. It's so stimulating. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, have you watched anything since we met just moments ago? No. I haven't no. either. I know I said I was going to watch that Little House on the Prairie, and I just haven't had the time. No, I've d- done nothing for it. My, uh, Sarah and I have been watching, finally checking out, because uh, we've wanted to for a minute. I know it's already been on t- like playing, but on Hulu, uh, History of the World Part 2. Oh, Mel how Brooks. is it we keep forgetting about it? It's very funny. Okay. Like, I would say, like, it's hit or miss, like, some of the sketches, but there's so many. Like, they throw so many sketches at you per episode. Like, half of them are really funny, and half of them are just kind of like, eh, that seemed half-baked. But uh, all in all, I think all the funny shit, uh, it, it, there's enough of it. It's like, the Mel Brooks, uh, th- like, mantra really is, like, throw as much as you can at them and see what sticks. So that's what it feels like. Like, okay. cl- classic Mel Brooks style stuff, which could be, I think, a little bit jarring in this day and age because you're used to a different kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is definitely still in the vein of, like, Mel Brooks's old movies, but with modern, you know, updates and twists and jokes here and there. So, And I keep feeling like this is... Oh, it's not. I, I keep thinking Haunted Honeymoon is Mel Brooks, but it's Gene Wilder. 
He yeah, Gene Wilder it. is in it. Yeah. Is it any it. good? I've never seen that one. Oh my I've God, always, me either. I've always known of it, and I know it's I know, got, I know like, the cover. Yeah, and it's got uh, people in it that I love, uh, but I've never checked it out. So Dom DeLuise is in it. Looks yeah, like, I was going to say Gene Wilder. in drag. Dom DeLuise. And... So I have to tell this story about Dom DeLuise, because I he has this movie called Fatso. Have yes, you ever heard of this movie? I have heard of it. It's about a guy who is large um, mm-hmm. in, you know, stature and physical stature. <laughs> and I remember I watched it once. It was on like Encore as a kid. Oh, my God. Do you remember Encore? Yes. And there were like 14 different channels eventually of Encore. Yep. But we had I remember having Encore as a kid because it was like a cheap channel to get. It was like yes. cheaper than like HBO. It was like $2 a month or something. Yeah, because it played older movies yes. than hbo had yeah. yes oh my god i'm it's all flashing back to me now and so i remember watching it on encore and this is when i was in high school and there's this he has this monologue towards the end and i was like oh my god i'm gonna do this for forensics so i did a monologue from fatso oh in high school but it was like look at me mama look at your fat kid now <laughs> like oh my god i did this whole monologue from fat so i just could see my little 15 year old self and today i'll be performing a monologue from fatso by Anne bancroft because she wrote it and directed it so weird uh-huh. yeah oh no i remember i i think i've seen it a long <sighs> time ago or part of it it's just I'm gonna eat a lot of food, and the poster has him crying with a list of "Do not eat apple pie, baked beans," and then the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, just so ridiculous! And I know part of it it was like semi autobiographical, the mm. movie because it was based on a lot of his own struggles and uh, feelings about his size. Well, I'm curious if Haunted Honeymoon is any good. So, people out there, if you've seen it, I want to know. Write to us, scaringandsharing at gmail.com, please. Yeah, we want to know about that. And if you did forensics, what are some of the most embarrassing things you did? Because I know I brought up um, Only Slightly Opinionated last week, my friends Joey and Jamie's podcast. Check it out. Uh, But they talk about the color purple. And I remembered just now talking about forensics. I remember because I'm from Wyoming and I don't think I saw a black person in forensics at all until I went to nationals uh, that I remember seeing two little white girls in Wyoming do the color purple. Whoa. You would not see in this day and age. No. (laughs) I mean, you might, but it would be like, uh, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. So I I remember seeing that. That is rough. Okay. (laughs) Not something to do. Yep, no. It was it, times are changing, sometimes even slowly. I don't know. I bet you somewhere this has happened again, like right <sighs> now. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So what else, Jeremy? Any, do you have any other news, views, thoughts, thoughts? No, that's really that's kind of it right now. I'm trying to trying to think of something. No, you don't have to. I think so. we've talked. People have listened to us long enough, okay? Yeah, people have, yeah. And, and this is a normal episode, as we call them, except I hate that word. We hate that word. Yeah. Normal. Um, typical. typical? This is a typical episode. For atypical people. Yes, uh, where we're actually assigning each other stuff, so. Yeah, and it's your turn this week, so. And I, and I go first. And yeah. I was really struggling what to do, because I'm like, man, I'm really settling into this whole just seeing new stuff so frequently i don't have to think about movies to assign you um but i was really like i don't know how you do it but like 
I have all kinds of little rituals. I sit down and decide, let the universe guide me to, no, 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 it's not like that. But uh, sometimes I just wait for a movie to pop in my head. Uh, and I'm like, if I've thought about a certain movie more than once or twice during the course of a week, I'm like, oh, okay, that's probably what I'm going to assign them next time. Uh, and this go around, I've been waiting a while to do this movie. I couldn't decide when was a good a good time. But the last time we assigned movies, I gave you an art film. <laughs> so I'm like, I want to go the opposite direction uh, with something totally different. Um, and what pushed me that that way is uh my my wife had found on tiktok this thing of jennifer coolidge that's going around okay that's some q a and she's talking about like inspiration or like staying inspired being inspired and her advice was like when you're feeling unworthy or like uh you don't know what to do like artistically watch bad stuff okay and I thought that was really fun. And I was like, so I should watch bad movies. Eh? Well, I'm finally doing it. I'm giving you Plan 9 from Outer Space. Plan 9? Plan 9 from Outer Space. Arguably the granddaddy of the midnight cult movies. You know, before the room existed, this was the thing. This is oh. Ed Wood, by the way. This is okay. Ed, Spoilers. Ed, Ed Wood, so... Well, I think it's going to be low budget alien movie. Um, I don't know what the plan is, and I don't know what <laughs> plans eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, and zero were. Uh, but uh, this ninth plan is the one that's finally going to work, and the aliens are going to connect with us, or we're going to connect with them, and contact will be made. I imagine the aliens will be people in really bad suits. Like, you know, costumes, masks, whatever. And it's just, it's going to be silliness. It's going to be, I've never seen an Ed Wood movie, so you're popping my cherry. I've never seen Ed Wood either, cool, the cool, film cool. itself. So it's definitely, I think it's going to be in black and white. I think most of his stuff is, if not all of it. So, um, yeah, I think that the ninth plan will be <laughs> the one. The one. It's the <laughs> one that is the, the reason for the season in this oh, film. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I don't know is, what else. This uh, is, yeah. This is going to be fun. Um, well, I'm breaking the rules. Okay. What are you doing? What are I'm you doing? giving us a movie that neither one of us have seen. Oh, cool. Because I'm tired of talking about it. Yes. <laughs> about having seen it. <laughs> and that is? In honor of our month. My month, rather, as the big old queer in this space. It can be every... Well... I mean, everyone can celebrate it, but um, so yes, we're all celebrating Pride, unless you're a homophobe. In which yeah, I was going to say, fuck off. <laughs> I'm an ally, so I'm supporting your mother. You That's are. What it is. You are a fantastic ally. You're a quali, a queer ally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm giving us they slash them because I'm tired oh. of talking about. It. I want to watch yeah. it and see Let's what all it. the non buzz is about. All the non buzz. That's <laughs> awesome. Okay, very cool. So I think you know what it's about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yep, we know what it's about. I saw the trailers, uh, saw that, was very excited for it when it was coming out. Uh, and then it just landed with, you know, nary a fanfare. Yeah. <laughs> Most yeah. of what I saw was like, there was a couple, like I saw more, a few people say, oh, you know, come on, guys, it wasn't that bad. Um, and it, this is one of those movies, too, where I couldn't tell, like, like it's the chatter was... Some of it was hard. To, like the initial non-buzz I remember seeing about it was I feel like it was just people that were not interested in the subject matter. 
where I felt like, okay, maybe it's just people not wanting to engage with this. So they're <laughs> giving it a bad review. But mm-hmm. then as time went on, I just saw it more and more about like, eh, it was just misguided. <laughs> it's separate so i don't know we're gonna find out for ourselves though and see what we think so i know i was like it's just it's just time it's time to just rip the band-aid off and yeah see what it's all about let's do it all right talk to you soon don't you blame the movies movies don't create psychos movies make psychos more creative Uh, this is the half where we talk about the movies. You fucking know it is, bitch. <laughs> I mean, I, I say I'm coming it every, at you hot. Yeah, you are. I say it every time, but you know what? I think it's repetition is for the benefit of new listeners, of course. Sure. If you're sure, just sure, sure, joining sure. us, but you just don't trust that I remember. Maybe you don't remember. Maybe but you I know I do. Maybe you forget everything we do. <laughs> you're uh, like, well, maybe. what is this? What is this? Because I'm old. Maybe when we're like both like a million years old and still doing this. Yeah. We're in a nursing home and actually they just give us microphones that aren't even plugged in and they're just oh, like, Oh, I love it. Here's do your podcast now. That's so fun. I love it. Oh man. So let's do this. All right. So first up we did uh plan nine from outer space directed by Edward D wood jr. Himself. Uh, and the uh, tagline on Letterboxd is unspeakable horrors from outer space paralyze the living and resurrect the dead. Uh, and the description is super long. Um, should I give really it to read? me? Should I really? Yeah. Okay. I'll read all this in California. An old, in California, an old man grieves the loss of his wife. And on the next day, he also dies. However, the space soldier Eros and her mate. No, Eros was the guy, his mate, yeah. Tana, yeah. use an electric device to resurrect them both and the strong Inspector Clay that was murdered by the couple. <laughs> Whoever wrote that, like the chat GPT write this? Their intention is not to co- conquest. Their intention is not to conquer Earth, but to stop mankind from developing the powerful bomb, Salabama, Solobonite that would threaten the universe when the population of Hollywood and Washington, D.C. sees flying saucers in the sky, a colonel, a police lieutenant, a commercial pilot, his wife, and a policeman try to stop the aliens. Uh, that's like super convoluted, oh but they, like, my that's, God. that's pretty much how the plot of this thing is anyway. It is one of the weirdest, most all over the place movies ever. But mm-hmm. if you watch it with that in mind, it's fun. Like for a while, I didn't know what it was. Like I knew it was Ed Wood, but I don't know what that means. Yeah, you know? this is this is your first. I, I wanted to like give you the the Ed Wood experience, which I think is this movie. Yeah, and I'm so intrigued to watch Ed Wood. Mm-hmm. How much time do they spend on this movie? Like, is it a lot of it? No. Um, like I think they they spend more time. Well it's in there it's in there but uh they spend just as much time covering uh the bride of the monster which is the movie he made right before uh plan nine and um uh glenn or glenda which was his first directorial oh that's effort. edward yes what so. if i have seen that i don't no, no, I don't think so. All of them are just as bizarre as this uh but i think this is the most fun of the, his early movies plan nine 
Yeah, because it's, I mean, the definition of clunky is this film. Yeah, this movie is the platonic ideal of so bad it's good. Like, this is... For sure. The movie, whenever you watch something where they're trying to make fun of, like, B-movies, this is the movie they're making fun of. Like, something like this. So my question to you, since you know more about Ed Wood than I do, is... Did he make it to be clunky? Was he aware or was he trying to make a good film? That's always the question. Most people are like, Ed really, he really loved the movies and cared about it. Um, He just was not a very talented guy (laughs) in any aspect of filmmaking. This is him trying to make a great movie as far as anyone's concerned. Um, But the fact that he had no money (laughs) and uh, no really talented actors to speak of, um, I mean, the biggest talent in this movie is Bella Lugosi, who was long dead by the time they made it. Yeah, and I thought I read something like that he died before they even know knew what the movie was going to be. So, like, the footage of him yes. at the funeral and walking out of his house is the only real footage they had of him, and everything else is a different actor. Correct. Who they just, like, put in a stereotypical... Dracula from the 1930s or whatever, and told him to constantly be covering his face. But I, you could have fooled me because I thought, like, that's when I was like, even though I saw his name in the opening credits, like, I'd long forgotten because I was just like so confused already. Uh-huh. But when all of a sudden he was like the Dracula figure coming back from the dead, I was like, oh, that looks like, but oh, right, Bella Lugosi's in this, but it wasn't even him at that point. Yeah, nope, not not that not at that point. That was a chiro. It was Ed's uh, wife's chiropractor. That is so bizarre. Yeah, it is just so weird. So it's an eight. If you haven't watched it before, a I recommend it because it is so silly and fun. But like, it's an alien movie mixed with a zombie movie. It's like yes. the, the aliens. The the ninth plan, Plan Nine, is to resurrect the dead to kill the humans because. They're upset that the humans won't acknowledge their existence, but they speak in perfect English. Yeah, but but also <laughs> the humans might make a bomb that's going to blow up the universe. Somehow the aliens know that like <laughs> not, none of it jives, like nothing holds up to scrutiny, like it's nothing but plot holes and just like new ideas, like every scene that they're like, wait, it's actually about this now. So. But it's like, I think you mentioned The Room in the first part. Like, yes. what makes something like The Room or this work is it feels like the filmmaker wasn't like, I'm going to make this crazy movie. It's just they were so like serious about it that it works as the opposite of what they were intent. It works as like a comedy. It works as something so amusing to watch because of how bad it is. Like there's scenes where it intercuts between certain things and you're like, wait, that's night. This is day. Uh-huh. They're supposed to be outside, but there's shadows behind them on like a wall. That's supposed to be the night, the night air. <laughs> fake, fake tombstones in the cemetery wobble and fall down. And some like scenes. a woman's running through the cemetery and she just keeps running through the same, <laughs> the same like, stretch, the same stretch. And I'm like, wait, we you just ran through here and it's night and then it's day and then it's night and the acting is so wooden and so hilarious yes and you get um some of my favorite things in here are tor johnson who played the police detective that dies and then comes back as a zombie yes Um, he was a pro wrestler that uh somehow became friends with ed wood uh they hooked up and uh he 
you know, Ed's like, I'm going to put you in movies. And that caused like a whole B movie career for Tor Johnson, who may be one of the single worst actors that ever worked in Hollywood because he could barely speak English. His Swedish accent was so thick. Uh, and yeah, he just trips over lines like he tries his damnedest, but it's just a mess. Anytime he tries to deliver lines, you're not even sure what he's saying half the time. My favorite, though, was the wife character. She mm-hmm. is so bad, but her lines are so great. Like I, a couple I wrote down are she says the saucers are up there and the cemetery is out there, but I'll be locked up in there. And I'm just like, what is this writing? And then at the mm-hmm. end, they're like, you're a woman. You need to stay behind in the car. And she's like, I don't like it, but I guess there's nothing I can do about it. And they're like, women have always been like this. Women are the worst. Yep. And then she has some line about how when he's away, she like touches the pillow thinking it's him uh-huh. or whatever. It's she's the best of the worst, yeah, the worst like, of the best, whatever. And some of the best dialogue comes from uh, the beginning and the ending with Criswell, uh, the narrator who was a television psychic is what he was. Um, okay. And he appeared on like talk shows and stuff, but he fell into like Ed, Ed Wood was part of a little like when he was in Hollywood, a gaggle of like weirdos and hangers on that sort of like some of them had their like 15 minutes of fame, but then we're always, you know, looking to still be part of the the Hollywood scene. So Criswell was like a TV psychic that fell in with Ed. So Ed put him in some of his movies. Um, and that's just him doing his routine. Like that's like apparently how oh, I can see him reading. Yeah. Like, you can see whatever. him reading cue cards. <laughs> if you look at his eyes, you can see he's reading cue cards, but like that was all written by him. Like that's how he would talk in his uh, television appearances stuff. Like, what was it? Uh, uh, you and I are interested in the future for that is where we're going to spend the rest of our lives. And it's just, but it's incredible. like, he's talking about like predictions, but then he's like, here's what happened. It's like, again, just yeah. that like, saying one thing and doing another or showing one thing and then showing something completely opposite. That's mm-hmm. like what this movie's all about. Yeah. It's like even so after the, the UFOs like attack for not attack, but like they, their beams knock mm-hmm. everyone out or, you know, yeah. knock everyone off their chairs and the tea pot like still stays standing, even though everyone else falls <laughs> around fell, it. Fell down. But it's like after that happens, like the husband and the wife, like a little while later, she's just like making these jokes about the UFOs. And I'm like, you already like experienced one, like, you know, it's real (laughs) and you saw it like and now we're like making jokes about like the UFOs. I'm like that. I don't know. There's there's also a part too where like pretty much it's in the news. It's in the newspapers and everyone's like UFOs seen over Hollywood and they're freaking out. And then in the next scene, there's like an army guy that's like. Uh, officially ufos don't exist and they're like pretending it like didn't happen i don't know it's like crazy it doesn't make any sense and then also the aliens like they're even though they're mad at um, you know the world for at humans for not like acknowledging them they also like you said there's sort of this underlying thing at the end where they're talking about like the bombs and everything like that that they're mad at the world for at, at the human race mm-hmm which it's like, um, well, you're not wrong. Also, talking and about where are you for real? If that's the case. <laughs> and speaking of great actor names, the actor that played the lead alien, Eros, Eros. Uh, is Dudley Manlove. Oh my god! And his line is like, "You're stupid minds, stupid, stupid." <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so good. It's like, oh my god, Corky St. Clair from Waiting for Guffman is based on him. I'm sure of it. it has to be. Yeah, and then um. Oh, God. Yeah, there, there's just it, 
And the legend is Ed would like he only did one two takes max of any scene when he was filming. Like some of it's thought to have been um, uh, conservation of film. Like they could barely afford to buy enough film to shoot anything anyway. So he was always trying to conserve film. But, um, you know, another thing is just the the fact that he he was not like a gifted director, clearly from watching this. So he only did like one or two takes max. So half the time, that's why there are errors in the movies, because that was the only take they had of that scene um writing scripts he always only did one draft apparently uh and people that knew knew him say that he was often like hosting parties and like you know social gatherings at his apartment where he would be typing the script on the typewriter and smoking and drinking and talking to people like while writing so well it shows it really shows Because it's also, it makes me wonder though, that whole thing about Bella Lugosi dying, like before all of it was done and filmed and before it came out Mm -hmm. is like, so his wife dies first and comes back as like this vamp, vampire, vampirist, almost like Elvira, very Elvira-esque. Played by Vampira. Okay. So like specifically, but like, I wonder if that happened after Bella Lugosi died and they're like, oh, well, how can we do this? Well, let's just have, when he comes back look like dracula and therefore we'll have is that what happened yeah they he had worked in apparently online i I read a thing that said at some point when he was working on the story the idea was that well number one like the wife i think it was like those were going to be her parents okay uh the two of them and there was some kind of like vampire angle or something going on there that eventually he just removed all that from the story um to streamline things but it's but it doesn't you lose the explanation of why when the the Bella Lugosi slash chiropractor played character comes back to life, he goes to their house mm-hmm. to attack them with like no explanation, which originally it was because that was her dad coming back from the dead. And that's why he was returning to the house. Okay. Yeah. And he also comes into the house without being invited. Yeah. So not truly a vampire, but no. yeah, and I think all of that was just to try and make the Bella Lugosi footage work. Because he was dressed, because that was supposed to be a, like a vampire movie, is what they were shooting. That oh, apparently he had shot more footage, but a lot of it didn't survive. It was uh, shot on uh, nitrate film, which is notoriously volatile if you don't store it properly, and it mm. disintegrates like within years uh, if it's not stored properly. So they apparently Ed Wood lost a ton of footage he had shot of Bella Lugosi, and what's in this movie is all that survived. Of, and there's. Uh, this other okay. movie they were trying to make. There's so many times when people are, when someone, there's an imminent, you know, presence coming at people and they just stand there. They just stand there. Like, there's a lot of just standing there. One of my favorites is, is the cop played by Tor Johnson, who is like vampires on one side and then, you know, the other ghouls on the other side. And he just keeps shooting at them to no effect, like back and forth. But he, like, he could just run. Because they're on either side. He's not surrounded. He could easily run away, but he just stands there until they grab him. <laughs> and then st- when the when the, the Dracula character is coming at the husband and wife and the other two cops, and they just keep shooting, shooting, shooting at him. And of course, like I said, everyone's just standing there. But then, like, the spaceship has said something about sacrificing the Dracula character. Yeah. But I didn't understand why they do that. And, I, like, do the humans think that they killed dracula because like there's like a beam that comes out of the spaceship that kills dracula well later they say because they notice one of the other ghouls is now just a skeleton as well 
and they're like, oh, without their without the aliens ray, they're you know, oh okay, I they're no that. longer a threat. Blah blah blah. Because that's how they dismiss the third one. They don't show you what happened. They're like, wait a minute, there's another zombie out there. Shouldn't we worry about that? And he's like, nah, they're probably dead too. And they just brush <laughs> it off. Like, yeah, it's just what a weird way to wrap up. Yeah, there's like most things are just explained instead of actually occurring. They're just like, ah, yes, well. Uh, now that they're gone, you know, nothing's a problem anymore. <laughs> so I read that there is a remake called Plan 9. Have you seen that? I never did. I remember when it was coming out, I got like really excited to see it. And then I heard it's like, you know, it's it, it, nothing special, really, is what I've heard about it. And have you seen the sequel, which sounds fascinating? No, I have. About like the Mormons. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that. It deals a lot with Mormons and like the Joseph Smith. That's his name, right? Joseph Smith. Yeah. Like fighting like the gold plates and how the, there is like this whole alien aspect to the Mormon culture. That's not what they call it, but that's what it sounds like when you hear it on paper. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I am familiar sort with of that. more about that, but it sounds fascinating because Karen Black is in it and she does a song oh, and whoa. then there's a whole like music dance number somewhere in it as well. It sounds wow. amazing. Oh, cool. I love me some Karen Black. Yeah, she is wonderful. But yeah, I didn't realize what a bad movie this was. Mm -hmm. And just like, it's just so crazy. Like, I want to watch the riff tracks for it because I saw that that's a thing. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that's that's top notch. And And I'm sure it's got to be on Mystery Science Theater, right? They never did this one. Um, And I think I remember at some point they talked about it where they said it was too obvious. They tried to get like lesser known. They did other Ed Wood movies, but never this one because I think this one is just too well-known too too big so they tried to uh they did um they did bride of the monster and they have an episode of the sinister urge okay which is an interesting uh that's like i think ed wood made it after this movie uh and that one is about uh girls that are like uh you know trafficked essentially into the the porno racket oh uh and they're getting murdered um, but it's Ed Wood, so it's still like horrible, <laughs> like ineptly made and crazy. But it's it's fascinating because that was like a precursor to eventually in the 60s. Uh, Ed would go on to just direct straight porno for like the rest of his career. Oh, um, wow. From the in the 60s, late 60s and into the 70s. I can't remember when he died. It was like the late 70s, early 80s, maybe. But yeah, huh. he, he died in obscurity. And yeah, his last works were just you know, porno and nudie movies that are a far cry from the wild, like science fiction stuff he was trying to make in the fifties. Okay. Yeah. It is utterly bizarre. Definitely something that would be way more fun to watch in a group. Yes. This was uh, like my own personal history with this thing. I was trying to like figure it out. I even asked my mom. Cause I'm like, I know somewhere like you introduced me to this, but I don't remember exactly like how or why or when, um, but she said it was, I had seen, I saw the movie Ed Wood as a kid. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and then my mom was like trying to explain to me like, now these are real people and these are all like real, these are real movies. So I think that's what set off my interest where I was like, I gotta watch this guy's movies. So, uh, I remember by the time I was in high school, I had tracked down plan nine and turned it into one of those, like for my friends, like, you've never seen this. It's so weird. I'm going to make you watch it. So I forgot the scariest aspect of this whole film, though, is Vampira's tiny waist. 
Yeah. Oh my it's like, god. How is that possible? How are you cinched so tight? So tight. And also, she just wiggles her fingers apparently, and people die. Oh my god! I know. Like <laughs> she just like the way she like walks around a corner. It's and then, yeah, oh. it is utterly bizarre. Now she was she was a television horror host. She's the original. Elvira is based her shtick on Vampira. That makes um, sense. And apparently, yeah, Vampira was in like the, in the fifties in California. She was like a c- local celebrity in Los Angeles for hosting horror movies on the weekends. Um, apparently no footage exists though. None of it survived from her television program. So, uh, cause TV stations used to just throw that shit away after they were, you know, th- mm. after it got canceled and went off the air. So unfortunately there's no known footage of her show that exists anymore. Oh, that's too bad. But she's the original. She's like considered the OG of the horror host thing. Did you watch this in black and white or color? Black and white. I did it as well, but I saw that there's colored. Yeah, there's a colorized version. I think it's I've seen part of it before. It's kind of gross and weird looking. So I'm like, keep mine the black and white, please. Yeah. Yeah. So silly. But yeah, this is it. This is man is like this is the I think people would call this Ed Wood's magnum opus. Uh of you know everything he did other stuff is interesting but i think a lot of his other movies tend to air closer to the side of just being bad bad and not as enjoyable so this one's like this is like the best one though for like funny uh and quotable and fun Mm -hmm. i dig it yeah so unless you have anything else to say about it i sure don't no okay out of uh out of five uh, five resurrected zombie uh, people that are inexplicably dressed as vampires. How many do you give it? I'm going to give it four. I'm also giving it a four. You are? I am. It's just, it's too much fun. I mean, it's it a is. bad movie, but it's immensely fun. So. Immensely fun. So there you have one. Scare of approval. Scare of approval. That's right. I've always thought this would be a cool stage show. I thought of that while watching it. Like to redo this as like a, a stage. I'm sure it's been done, but like I this this just seems to lend itself to being like I think this would be a fun like stage show of some kind. For sure. I love that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to another bad movie. They slash them. Yeah. From 2022, but it came out this year, right? No, it came out at the end end of last year. Did it? I think it did. I think we're just that far behind the curve on this one. Directed by John Logan, the tagline on Letterboxd is, Fear doesn't discriminate. And the description is, Campers at an LGBTQ plus conversion camp endure unsettling psychological techniques while the campsite is sucked, but Stocked by a mysterious killer. Dun dun dun. Oh boy. So yeah, um, I mean, what we heard was right, you know? <laughs> like this this wasn't great. I'll just put that out front. This had promise. Um how do I want to do this? I guess I'll start with <laughs> I guess I'll start with the positives. Kevin sure. Bacon was great. Always positive. Yep, he was he was scary and freaky uh you know perfect sexy yeah yeah a little bit sexy he was perfect for that role uh the kids were all great uh but hold on before you move on 
Also, so fun that Kevin Bacon is returning to camp since Friday the yeah, 13th. Yeah, like since that, Friday the that 13th. Sort of bookend is so fun. Yeah, that's fun. Um, the kids are like fun. Um, I, I wanted it, it had so many good ideas on paper. Like I was I like, this could have been so great. Like it was getting into like emotions uh, and feelings. I don't think I see explored in film, or at least I haven't seen explored in film like this about um uh, this idea of like a conversion camp and these kids like expressing some really like negative shit that's inside of them uh, and trying to learn about themselves. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it just had so much promise in those moments where you're like, oh, this movie just developed those ideas in a different way. And I think the thing that hurt it the most was turning it into a camp like slasher movie. Yeah, I mean, I feel I don't know. I love the idea of a slasher movie in this setting, mm-hmm. but it just needed to do something fully unique and it didn't. Yeah. Like it definitely is like two different movies together and the slasher ones like the back burner and the yes. less interesting. But I got to say, I think that first scene is so good. Like I jumped, I was creeped mm-hmm. out. Like there's just this opening that's like, "Oh, this is good." Like yeah. I was like, "Well, how the, the opening scene's great." Yeah, and even the setup for a while, like I'd say about the first half hour of the movie, like I was like, okay, this hasn't really gone off the rails yet. Like I'm I'm hoping for better payoff, but it just kind of hit a point. I'd say about the midway point. I'm like, okay, I don't think they're ever going to course correct this thing. (laughs) Like I think it's just going to kind of. Yeah, because it does. It's like, hey, you're at this camp because you're gay but guess what we're not gonna try to turn you we're not gonna like all of that was so interesting and mm-hmm. unique since i say interesting too much that was a little bit of a different take like oh you're at a conversion camp but guess what it's not a conversion camp but they should have just gone further with that sort of putting on its head like mm-hmm. instead of boring all not boring because these things are horrible but instead of your typical conversion like shock therapy and stuff that should have been the horror is like them being like this isn't a conversion camp because it's something else because they do something else that's really creepy and not your typical yeah shock therapy and um scare tactics within like a normal sort of therapy like talking to you in a negative sense about like who you are but they do something else that's like ooh, like creepy like just thinking of because it's like at the top of my list of like good social horror, like get out how it's like what they're doing, how they're changing bodies and things like that. Like if there had been a much more unique take on the conversion aspect of things, which I feel they started to do by being like, Hey, we're not going to try to turn you, but then that's just a lie. And then they are, which may be exactly what happens with conversion camps. Yep. Yeah. That's what I was thinking to like, get out. If they had some element of like, like a device uh like maybe even literally that like did something to your brain or who you were as a person or like if it was like a stepford wives even like something like wives or something like even with aliens or i don't know something like they could have gone some sort of social science fictiony direction where they were like fundamentally changing these people but for some nefarious purpose like that would have been a scary twist i think would have been so much better than a slasher because the slasher you only can go really one of two ways is it one of your camper and i won't get into spoilers yet but is is it one of your campers who you know is upset with how they are or what they're doing at this camp and therefore they're seeking revenge or is it one of the counselors who's killing everyone off because because of who they are and that they don't deserve to live like you really can only go one 
yeah. only a few ways here. And anyway, it just sort of feels kind of... Eh. All of them feel cheap. They feel cheap. And some of them just you can't do because... I mean, you could, but yeah. you shouldn't do because it's like more saying like, oh, gay people will end up just killing people because of whatever, because they don't like who they are or mm-hmm. whatever. It, but like it had the chance to turn Sleepaway Camp on its head by having like a trans character. Like they almost wanted to touch on that, like in the way that Sleepaway Camp did, where it wasn't making any sort of statement. It just wanted to be shocking. But it could have done something really unique with I know we've talked about turn that on its head. Yes. And modernize and that. And like, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. <sighs> Because so many angles, you run the risk, like you were just saying, of vilifying. Uh, yeah, thank you. Those are your. You can put my thoughts into proper words. Yeah, you run the risk of vilifying, especially people that do not need to be vilified anymore, because they already have been in you know '80s movies plenty of times. Um, so it's like, yeah, let's invert the whole formula. But there's just not a lot of latitude. There's not a lot of places to go with this that would truly be like, oh my god, like shocking and crazy. And it could have, like, I liked that among all the campers who are all, you know, gay youths, Mm -hmm. like that some of them were there because they wanted to be because they didn't want to be who they were. Some were there because their parents forced them. Some, like, everyone had a different reason. Some people were there just because, like, you know, that they were, like, undercover in a way, like, trying to, like, learn more about this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that was all interesting, but that was all whatever it wasn't even interesting but i feel like if you would have gone a route of they're all there like they're all campers who um who wanted who didn't want to be who they were or something Mm -hmm. like if they all were one thing it would have made it more of a clear vision than making them all over the place yeah because then it's just like and that's probably how it is in a real conversion camp probably most of them don't want to be there but like how in how unique would it have been how yeah. amusing would it have been had they all been people who were like i don't like my life i want to be something else and somehow there's a horror movie wrapped up in that where it's like no you're okay the way you are yeah like, don't hate yourself you know almost like, like if they yeah. had done something like seconds yes yeah where, where they go like- to like live a different life and find out that that's the horror in and of itself because that isn't who you truly are or something. Yeah, exactly. Like there just was a more in, a more engaging and compelling story here that they did not tell. Yeah, that's really what this feels like. Ultimately, it's like there were kernels, there were ideas, but it feels like this was, you know, uh, I think Lauren, when she wrote in talking about this movie, mentioned, you know, it's the screenwriter from Gladiator, the dude that wrote Gladiator. I know. It's this and, Academy and like Award-winning aviator the aviator (laughs) aviator (laughs) skyfall specter like all these things it's like how did this come out of you and are you gay because if you're not then it's just really obvious yeah it's a academy award winning screenwriter i don't know if he's won but he's nominated for sure so uh but yeah it's like come on come on guy uh but yeah, some of the performers were great. I love that they had, you know, some transgender performers. I love that they had some non-binary actors and performers in there. What some things that I hated, I hated the sex scenes. Hated. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been, I think, a much more appealing narrative to have it be more romantic between certain characters and just have it be sweet and have them kissing as opposed to like going down on each other in a dock and you know going in some dark little cabin and 
yeah but fucking each other like it just it could have been more engrossing had they done something sweet yeah no it felt very uh salacious salacious thank you yeah where i was kind of like i thought the same thing where i was like oh really this is where we're going with the sex scenes is just gonna be like real like exploitative with it and then you have like the creepy caretaker who of course has a bunch of weird ventriloquist dolls mm-hmm. like but again why not be much more absorbing storyline by having him not be the bad guy not having him hate them having yeah, exactly. him be on their side and just like <laughs> That was Don't something so I typical. thought too. I thought that's where they were going to go was I was like, oh, the groundskeeper is going to turn out to be like helpful or like, you know, there's going to be some twist, but there isn't. And you're like, OK, he was just a creepy groundskeeper. Like, talk about uninspired there. Or even like just in my mind, just trying to think of all the different ideas you could do. If you made it sort of like a slasher, but it ends up being like April Fool's Day where it's like a fake conversion camp, like they go there but like really it's not a conversion camp but in the end you find out like hey you're okay the way you are we have this like fake killer out here to be like guess what like i don't know to make i don't i don't know the idea is yeah. not formed it, it, was, like, it, was, it was all like a test to it like, was like a test to be like you are okay the way you are yeah i don't exactly. know so, something I, like I, that i don't know but something different than what it was like like there's there's a goosebumps uh story where the kids at, welcome to camp nightmare where the kids all are at a uh, you know uh, a, a summer camp uh, and there's a monster on the loose that's trying to get them but like the reveal the twist at the end of that one is that it was all like testing them for a mission they have to go on later that like to toughen them up so the monster was fake and all the situations were you know uh, uh simulated so it's like yeah you could have done that i could see that and I don't also don't there's a scene with a, an old dog and I it just didn't need to be in there. Oh yeah, that was brutal. It was brutal. I was like, Come again, on. if you wanna look up on Does the Dog Die, spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the mute okay. What is the worst aspect of this whole fucking movie? The worst aspect? There's one moment that is the absolute worst. Oh, you know, the fucking pink dance number <laughs> in the middle? The dance sing along there in the middle of this fucking movie. One character starts singing pink, perfect, or uh-huh. you know, pink song perfect to another character, and then they all break out into song and dance. And it is like, what in the actual Ryan Murphy fuck is going on it's here? It's from another movie. Like, that's what it feels like. Like, it doesn't belong in this movie. So, and I, again, I feel like you could have done that in a way that didn't feel hokey and sappy and disgusting like that's a great song and yes it is like the christina aguilera beautiful of this generation yeah like this like you're perfect the way you are but like it didn't need to turn into a song and dance number like literally some character could have just sung at acapella as they're all laying in bed and it didn't have to like turn into this big thing and it could have been sweet like i Mm -hmm. feel like it could have been and then like maybe you're overlaying creepy music as someone's actually getting killed like there there was a way to do it and make it yeah and like make it good and make it riveting okay yeah and it's like i don't know i'm sitting here thinking come on blumhouse like this is a blumhouse production and i feel like they've got a weird track record right now too as a production company where they like 
they have their tent poles that go into theaters and then they do a lot of straight to streaming stuff. And I feel like that's the stuff that's like they're more half baked things where which just makes like, sense. They're like, eh, put that on streaming. So, OK, let's talk spoilers now. So if you're going to watch us, which eh, if you don't mm-hmm. want to watch it, then just listen as well. So th- who did you think the killer was going to be? Oh, God, like. I thought it was going to be one of the counselors or something for a while. Um, but then all of a sudden, you know, they start targeting counselors. So I'm like, okay, it's one of the campers then. Uh, but yeah, I didn't. Here's the th- thing. Like, I didn't think too hard. Cause at that point I was like, I don't care who the killer is. Cause I know. And that's I the just, other thing. Really? You really don't. I just want this movie to be over now. Um, but when they do the reveal, I was like, ah, of course it's, you know, the one, camp staff person that actually cares about the kids so i thought it was going to be kevin bacon for a couple of reasons Mm -hmm. i thought it was going to be him because the poster has like his face like a slash through it Mm -hmm. and the killer's mask is kind of that way kind of like a dual yeah which i mean again like let's not again i keep saying this but like let's let the killer have an interesting look like it was not it was just boring it was just like just like a halloween store-bought mask gross it was just dumb but like he could have the killer had a similar sort of thing and i thought oh well maybe it's kevin bacon and maybe he is actually gay himself maybe he's dealing with his dual identities or something but i didn't know how that was going to factor in exactly but like there's some good characters in here like you said like the just the storyline of the campers at the camp there's some interesting storylines there there's some good relationships but there's i feel there's a little there's a few too many of them like i think if it would have been pared down to like four or five campers as opposed to, I don't know, there were way more than that here. There were a bunch of campers we never got to know. Mm-hmm. But like, I think it should have just been a smaller number of them. And they're in a more tight, streamlined story. Yeah. And then when you, it's the safe choice to have Anna Chlumsky be a former camper mm-hmm. who has gone through this and therefore is the killer. That's the safe choice. That's her still, name. I was trying to remember her name because I was like, it was the it was the gal from Veep. That's no, what I it know is the gal from My Girl. Okay, okay, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. My Girl is my fucking jam. I love Veda. She was Veda, and I love her so so much. And I was so excited she's in this. She's not in it enough. And then to have her be the killer is just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. But it's the safe choice. I mean, again, you can't have one of your campers who's there to be, you know with their sexual you can't have one of them necessarily be the killer because then like you said you're vilifying the gays but you can have someone who's been through this it's just the safe choice but there's not really a good choice to have a killer and that's why they should have done something different yeah and not made it a slasher but made it more like you said like some sort of sci-fi or some sort of weird Thing like that experiment experimentation yeah because it's like kevin bacon alone like the performance he turned in like that's a good enough villain for the whole piece i think to have you know just had him stand on his own as you got to know how twisted he actually was uh as the story unfolded like you could have just gone further with that and i do i still like that idea that like it isn't your typical conversion camp but what they do is something unique and weird and unusual that does convert you but it isn't 
shock therapy and just these things that you know are are that because it could also be a little much for someone who's gone through it or who even is like battling with themselves like if it, it just could have been it could have been so good yeah it could have been but it wasn't I know it really, really wasn't. Talk about a a movie feeling like a first draft of an idea. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. <laughs> Do you? No, nope, I'm done. <laughs> okay. Well, out of five spontaneous musical numbers in the middle of a slasher. <laughs> Out of five, how many do you give they slash them? I give it a two. I give it a two as well. Throw it on the slash heap. Throw it on the slash heap. That's right. Just throw it, baby. Throw it, it. Throw it. Yep. Not it's- not the bottom of the barrel because there's some good stuff in there, but not not great. Not recommended. Yep. No need to run out. Two out of two do not recommend. (laughs) Yep. So, you know, it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't the worst thing I've seen uh, by any means, but it just was not. I was bored through most of it, honestly. And that's like the worst scene. That's the the worst sin you can have, I think, in making a movie. So, yeah, I hope someone watched this, some filmmaker out there and said so much wasted opportunity. I'm going to make the better version. Oh, God, yes. Somebody please take up the torch and, and do something like this, because I want this. That's the thing is like I, you feel terrible. Uh, at least I do like for this movie being bad, because I'm like, ah, I want like representation like this and more stories like this to be told uh, through these lenses from these viewpoints. Yes. But make them good. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, make a good movie. So, But alas. Alas. Maybe next time. All right. Well, we would love to know your thoughts and just whatever. Just write to us. Scaringandsharing at gmail.com or slide into our Insta. Scaringandsharing. Yep. All one word. All one word. That's right. Um, get at us. Let us know. What did you think of they slash them? What do you think of Plan 9 from Outer Space? Ed Wood in general? We want to hear about it. Yep, that's right. So write to us. And follow us, rate us, write us, review us. We love you. We love you so much. And thanks. Please come back. And remember, respect, renew, rejoice, revenge. <laughs> what is that? That's from They Slash Them. Oh, it is? Oh, yes, okay. that's I what was... she's, the killer says at the very end. Oh, yeah, I guess so, right? I was... <laughs> I've already... I was tuned out at the end of the movie. I was barely well, paying attention. You. Um, and, you know, guys... Remember, future events such as these will affect you in the future. (laughs) And keep watching and talking about scary movies because... Scaring is sharing. Bye! This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.